Um, but in the church I go to back at home, God showed me back on the 30th of April that we were very good at thanking him for what he does for us. But we weren't very good at worshipping him for who he is. So worship team, I don't know where you all are, but this morning we worshipped God for who he is. And it was great. Um, and I got carried away in the first song, and I think I'd like to pour that jug of water over my head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so good to worship God for who he is. Um, so my name is Brian. I'm originally born in Taunton, actually, in, or Western Supermare, I should say, in England. But I've been living in Wales all my life, adopted Welsh, and um, enjoying it. As much as I was English and proud to be English, I do think that Wales is God's promised land. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I say that with a pinch of salt, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it's my, my privilege today. I, I've been a Christian for just over 35 years. Or I, I should like to say I've known God for 35 years. And to talk on the Holy Spirit is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I see that you're doing evangelism training that you were doing last week and you're doing again next week. Um, this is part of that. Yeah, this is part of that. The Holy Spirit came to give us confidence and boldness to be witnesses to everyone. Yeah, this is part of your evangelism training. Um, it's not a break. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, Holy Spirit. It, it, for many years, I was part of a church, uh, Elim in Caerphilly. There was once labelled by a, a regional leader of Elim as the most radical church they'd ever been to. Uh, took me by surprise when he told me that. Um, but they, he was referring to our openness to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wanted. Now, that does not mean there were people rolling around on the floor or making weird noises. And I, I'm okay with that stuff, but it's not about manifestations. It's about the presence of the Holy Spirit and what he does when he transforms people's lives. So we were a church of ordinary people. There was nothing special or amazing about us. We weren't the radicals, but we just let Holy Spirit do what he wanted to do. And that made the church radical because Holy Spirit did and always does when you, you allow him the opportunity. So every now and again, we would see people get saved and healed and uh, set free from habits and addictions you know, people learning to live a life of love. Um, someone prayed that this morning in, in, in um, the room uh, just before the meeting. And, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about living a life of love, that we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And in doing that, we love everyone else. Because one John tells us, doesn't it, that we can't love, if we don't love others, we don't love God. So if we love God, we love everybody. Um, that's a good test in terms of do we love him. So I'm not an expert, I'm an ordinary person, um, but the Holy Spirit is amazing, and no matter where we are in our journey this morning with God, we can all learn something. And I say we because that includes me, we can all learn something about who he is and what he does. So you'll probably realize I don't say the Holy Spirit very much, uh, he's not an object, he's a person. Um, the closer you get to him, the less you tend to refer to him as the. Now, I came up yesterday and I didn't say, hello, the Rana, hello, the Becky. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's Rana and Becky. He is Holy Spirit. It's who he is. And, okay, if sometimes you, you say the Holy Spirit, that's not a problem. I still appreciate you still know who he is. You know he's a person. Sometimes we get in a habit and it's just 
a phrase we've used so often, we're used to it, and that's okay. So to understand the Holy Spirit, I think first we need to, um, I've actually written a word here that I don't like using, but Trinity. Um, I'm never going to try to explain the Trinity. I'm sure I will make a mess of it. Um, But Father, and it's not in the Bible, of course, Trinity, that word, but Father, Son, and Spirit. And for me, it's this simple. I like simple. I've been to Bible college. I can talk at a very high level. I, I prefer simple. God reveals himself in three different ways. And if I we sung a song today that said about God revealing himself. But God reveals himself in three different ways. So when you read the Old Testament, right from the beginning of creation, God revealed himself as Almighty God. And then you come into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and God reveals himself as Jesus. Yet God becomes flesh and dwells among us. And he reveals himself to everyone at that time as Jesus. And then Jesus leaves, he goes back to heaven to be with Almighty God. And the Holy Spirit comes. And so now God is revealing himself to us as Holy Spirit. There's only one God. He's not three parts. He's God and he reveals himself in three different ways. So Almighty God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, they're all gods. They're just different ways he reveals himself to us. So who is Holy Spirit? John 14 describes him in the Greek Yes, Greek, um, as paraclete. I like that word. Um, No one tends to know what it means. (laughs) And you don't have to remember the word paraclete. But paraclete is another one of the same kind. And so Jesus says, I'm going, but the Holy Spirit is coming. I'm not leaving you. The Holy Spirit is coming. Well, how can he not be leaving us if he's going? Uh, But the Holy Spirit's coming. He is God too. Jesus was God. Holy Spirit is God. He's just been revealed in a different way. John 16, that was in John 14, quite a few different verses. But John 16, verse 8. The Holy Spirit convicts and convinces people of their sin and their need for righteousness. There's evangelism right there. Holy Spirit does it. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 when you become Christians, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not going against the Elim belief of a second and subsequent filling of the Holy Spirit. I agree with that. But Ephesians 1.13 says, The evidence and guarantee of our salvation is the Holy Spirit living in us. So from the moment we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Sometimes we don't realize, or, or we don't connect with the Holy Spirit. We're still thinking about Jesus saving us. But the Holy Spirit lives in us from that point of salvation. And then, of course, comes the outworking of what the Holy Spirit does and who he is and the building of our relationship with him. So when I woke up this morning, um, God said, forget your notes, (laughs) say this. (laughs) Um, So it's changed a few things, but I feel that I need to tell you my story. And I don't normally do this. But I I was saved when I was 18, uh, 17th of April 1988. I was incredibly shy. You would never find me up here. Um, If you gave me a mic, I'd probably run away. Uh, Now I can stand here and talk for hours, but (laughs) Holy Spirit gives you boldness and confidence. But I got saved, 18 years old. Like I said, very shy, very quiet. Six weeks later, I found myself in a youth camp, uh, which is our church in Bristol City Temple. We used to go down West Wales to the beach for a week. Um, but they were very much Holy Spirit focused. And, you know, growing up in the church for 10 years, even before becoming a Christian, I knew from what they would preach, 
that once you became a Christian, the next step or the next thing you needed to do was have the Holy Spirit. So on the day I got saved, my next question was, God, when am I going to have the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know, for me, it was, not, it was normal. It was automatic. You, you needed Holy Spirit. And so I'm in the camp and I go to the meeting on the very first, on a Sunday night, sorry, we were there Saturday to Saturday. And on the Sunday night, I'm in the meeting where they're praying for people who want to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm there, I want your Holy Spirit. And they pray for me and I can feel something happening in my mouth. So I went, (laughs) because I didn't like it and it felt funny and weird and I'd never experienced it before, so I didn't open my mouth. Um, I can be very silly and stubborn on times. And I went back to my seat and a friend said to me, do you know what you should do if you're looking to experience the presence or receive the Holy Spirit? Just think about Jesus and just praise him for who he is. So I did. I stood up and I started praising Jesus for who he is. And all of a sudden, my English turned to something I didn't know. It just happened. I didn't have to expect it or look for it or you know, wait for it. It just happened. You know, what I, what I find in the Bible is that, I, I'm going to say this later on, but I'll say it again now. In Luke, it says, Jesus says, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. There's no maybe. He will. He will. And I had asked God for the Holy Spirit, and he had given me the Holy Spirit. And he had tried to enable me to speak in tongues, but I was stubborn and kept my mouth shut. <laughs> But then when I started praising him, the release of that Holy Spirit came out. And your experience may be different. Everyone experiences different things, but we all receive Holy Spirit. So it was easy. It just happened. I think sometimes people struggle to receive the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of the times you probably already have. um, Probably. 90% I would say you probably have. My mother for years never spoke in tongues or never felt she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time she prayed, things happened. God would give her words and she'd give them and they were words of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. Well, that's Holy Spirit at work in her life. Everyone's experience is different. The result is the same. We receive Holy Spirit and he begins working in our life so people can see the evidence that we are filled. So what is the evidence? that we are Holy Spirit filled. His fruits, uh, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, so love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness, faith. They're not in that order, but that's the nine. <laughs> um, can I just say self-control? Because, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier on about Holy Spirit, and I said we were a radical church, but it wasn't about the people rolling around on the floor. I also see people who say, Oh, sorry about that. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. Where's the self-control? Where's the self-control? The Holy Spirit can make you do things. On that day, the Holy Spirit made me speak in tongues. But at the point where I shut my mouth, he didn't force me to speak in tongues. He waited until I was ready and willing. And then I just let the tongues carry on. We have self-control. He doesn't force us to do anything. Because he is self-control, is his fruit. And his gifts, I, I prefer the word abilities, but I will talk about gifts. I like abilities because it's, the Holy Spirit enables us to do these things. Okay, it's not gifts that we have. 
I know people say, I have this gift, I have that gift. I'm, I'm not against that. The terminology is okay. I understand what, what is meant. But for me, it's an ability that the Holy Spirit enables you to do. So to prophesy, to give words of wisdom, to give words of knowledge, to heal people, to do miracles, to have great faith for something impossible to happen, to know when something that is happening is God or not, discerning of spirits, to give a message in tongues, and to interpret a message in tongues. And you see, I've written here, they are Holy Spirit's gifts, not ours. They are Holy Spirit's gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they're not ours to use whenever we want. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, as well as the Holy Spirit distributing the gifts, he also operates them through that person. So what, what tends to happen? Simply put, if God wanted to speak to Rana, sorry, I'm going to pick on Rana because I know him, <laughs> but if God wanted to speak to Rana, he may give me a message for Rana. Right? In, in that uh, process, I'm not important. God wants to speak to Rana. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I, I think you, you can't boast about having the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a privilege and an honor to serve Almighty God and to see people's lives transformed when you operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and allow him to do that. And the Holy Spirit is not limited to the nine listed. Okay, um, I skipped a bit in terms of some people think I have this gift. So you might say, well, I've got a gift of prophecy. So if someone wants healing, you need to go and speak to them because they've got the gift of healing. If you find yourself in a position where somebody needs something and God wants to do something in that person's life and you're the only one there, the Holy Spirit is more than capable of using you to do whatever that is. Yeah. Um, for me, personally, I can remember saying, Holy Spirit, I would love to give a message in tongues. And the Holy Spirit's answer was, you've done the other eight, don't be greedy. <laughs> you know, it, it's not about what we want. The Holy Spirit uses us when it's appropriate because he knows what's best. And I don't limit it to the nine. I remember a friend of mine having dreams and there was trouble in them and the Holy Spirit gave me the interpretation of the dream. Again, I'm not important. I can't interpret dreams. It's the only time I've ever done it and if God didn't tell me what the interpretation was, I wouldn't have known. It's about him and what he does. This is what I refer to a lot, Balaam and the donkey. If you know the story, Balaam's doing something God didn't want him to do and he's on his way, and the donkey's riding. God speaks to the donkey, makes it stop, and makes the donkey speak to Balaam. Now, the donkey doesn't speak a human language, but God enabled the donkey to speak a human language. We're not donkeys, we can speak human languages. So, you know, God can, it's a lot easier for God with us, or should be. The only thing that stops him is us. We have to be willing. But if we are willing to trust him, he can do more than we ask, think, or imagine. I mean, if you can't imagine something, you can't ask for it anyway, because you can't imagine it. So that's the point where we say, and we pray this morning, God, have your way. You know, those words roll off our tongue. When you mean it, things happen. Have your way. Do whatever you want to do. I have no preconceived ideas. I'm not going to ask you to do something specific. God, whatever you want to accomplish right now, come and do. And when we can trust him, he will do that because he wants to. So everything the Holy Spirit enables us to do is for the benefit of others. 
It's not for the benefit of the person using it. Um, we're just the donkeys. I'm a donkey. Um, and it's not negative. It's to ensure we stay humble. It's necessary. I have seen God do so much in my life. I could quite easily say, well, I can do this, I can do that. Where the reality is, even when God is doing stuff through my life, I'm stood there thinking, wow, <laughs> look what God just did. Yeah. I've prayed for someone who had cancer and they were due to die. Oh, sorry. They were due to die within seven days. I was in their house on a Sunday. I'd been to a church I'd never been to before. I only knew the pastor. And they asked me to go to the house of the elder's wife because she was going to the hospice on Tuesday and wouldn't be alive seven days later. And they wanted me to pray for her. My first thought was, no, not me. Please, not me. Why me? But I went. And I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to do. And we talked for a while. And this person, an older lady, was sat on a chair. And if she sort of slouched a bit like this, she had to be helped back up because she couldn't do it herself. It was a plural membrane. I'm not very good with medical stuff. But riddled with cancer. Could hardly breathe. So couldn't speak a full sentence without having to stop for breath. And right at the very end, I just knelt down and put my hand on her, on her knee. And I just said, I don't know what God's going to do with you, but God is saying to me, he's going to surprise you. Well, God surprised me, because six weeks later, I was at their church to a Holy Spirit night. And as I pulled up in the car park, this lady was walking across, and I looked at her thinking, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> God does, okay? It's not about me. Just because I pray for it doesn't matter. Somebody else could have prayed for her. It's not about me. And we, we have to keep that humility. It's God. God does. In our church years back, we've seen two people raised from the dead. Amazing. Someone dropped dead in the middle of the service. I hope that doesn't happen to anyone. Okay? But somebody dropped dead in the middle of the service, and the paramedics were called in. In fact, her daughter was a nurse, and she said, she's gone. And the paramedics come in, and they confirmed, yes, she's gone. And they started filling out their report. Uh, well, the pastor said, can we all just stand and hold hands and pray? Because I just don't feel this is right. And so we all stood and held hands. And while we were praying, the paramedics were filling out their report. By the time we'd finished praying, she was breathing and she was sat on a chair. She was alive. And the paramedic said, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> we, we've, we've completed the death certificate. <sighs> we don't get those sort of things wrong. But you know, it's all about him. God does these things. So can we have more of the Holy Spirit? Well, yes and no. I like that phrase, yes and no. <laughs> you see, if we think we need more of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? You only have his arm? You only have his leg? From the point of salvation, Ephesians 1.13, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. But there is a surrendering to him that allows him to enable us to do the things he wants us to do. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, we call it. Like I said, I like to keep things simple rather than put tags and names on them. We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. To live the way he guides us and directs us, which he does according to what Jesus taught and what God wants for us. That's quite clear in John 14. The Holy Spirit comes as paraclete, same as Jesus, to teach us what, or remind us what Jesus has taught and to lead us to Almighty God. What did Jesus do when he was sure? He did everything for the praise and glory of his Father God. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing. I don't know whether I've got this, but I'm going to say it. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 21, I think it's the last few verses in the chapter, can be summed up by the last verse, and it says this, Jesus died to reconcile us to God. Yep, so Jesus died so we can have this relationship with God. I think, in fact, we've sung it and prayed it this morning in the meeting. Yep, that's incredibly important. Jesus thought our relationship with God was worth dying for. What value do we put on our relationship with God? Or are we still thanking Jesus for our salvation, which we should keep doing, and not moving any further? Do we have a relationship with God? Do we know Holy Spirit? Have we allowed him to have control in our lives? Remember, we still remain self-controlled. If you don't like what he's doing, we can say, no, no, sorry, don't want it. Uh, Although we'd probably be silly and stubborn like I was at that time to stop it. We need to be full of his fruit, his gifts, full of him, really. But it's not about having more of him. It's just being more surrendered to him. And it's all of a relationship. I always jump my notes. <laughs> In the middle of the teaching on the Holy Spirit... Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Obviously, right in the middle, you've got chapter 13. What's it about? Love. Love. It is very conveniently God-ordained, put in the middle of all the teaching on the Holy Spirit. Everything operates through love, which is another reason why we don't boast about what the Holy Spirit does through us, because everything is done through love. God loves the person that he wants to speak to, and so gives us a message to give in love. It's all about love. God is love. It's all about love. You know, we serve God because we love him. It's not duty. The greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Um, okay, that's an incredibly difficult thing to do and maintain, but we keep trying. Because the more we love him, the more he does with us. It's all about relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, if we don't spend time talking to the Holy Spirit and getting to know him, learning to recognize his voice, then it's difficult to hear him when he's trying to speak to us and ask us to do things. We need to spend time with him. Now, the reason I didn't pour this bowl of water over my head... (laughs) Because I just want to show something. Um, The bowl is our world, okay? So it's everywhere we go. So for me, this can be my workplace. It can be the gym. I don't go there that often anymore. But it can be Tesco's. Everywhere I go, this is my world. It's your world. This is me. This is you. We're in our little world. Everywhere we go. That's us. The water is the Holy Spirit. Forget the jug, you just needed something to hold the water. But the water is the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, the Holy Spirit is not water any more than I'm not a plastic cup, yeah? This is just an illustration. The Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. He's Spirit. He's God. But what happens when we get saved is the Holy Spirit comes in, lives inside of us. As we get to know him and spend time with him, just loving him and thanking him and praising him in a quiet time on our own. You know, when you pray to your Father, who is also the Holy Spirit, you do so in secret. 
We talked about this last night. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Okay, so that's John, um, that's Matthew 7 somewhere. Also in Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And then it describes faith, the definition. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is, that he is almighty God. So as we sang this morning, he has no rival, he has no equal. He's almighty God. And that's where our faith is, in Almighty God. And with that faith, God rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. And so when we spend that time in the secret place, God rewards us. When we seek him, he rewards us. What's the reward? John 14, 21. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And when you look that up in the Greek, like I did, it was the same in English. (laughs) If you love me, you will obey me. The obedience is automatic. If you love God, you obey him. And Jesus says, I will pray to my Father, and we will come and manifest our presence in your life. In other words, we will demonstrate who we are in your life. You will change. Everyone around you changes. So when we spend time getting to know Holy Spirit, he comes. And what we would say is baptism. We're full of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there because the Holy Spirit keeps coming. And doing things in our lives like enables us to prophesy or give words of wisdom or to heal people um, or to have you know an incredible love or joy peace patience uh, and, and so the holy spirit just keeps coming and keeps coming oh, look what's happening to the world around everywhere we go everything we do the holy spirit has an effect yeah we haven't moved we're just there we're not doing anything we're just being filled the Holy Spirit's doing it all. All we've done is spent time in his presence, getting to know him, learning to hear his voice, submitting to his will, and just saying, Holy Spirit, whatever you want. And things change. And like I said, you know, when you're in places where people who are due to die in seven days are healed, people who are dead are raised, the people with addictions and habits are set free on the spot. Uh, and I can go on uh, so much and you just say wow this is God this is God but he works through us he works through us when you're in your evangelism on the streets 1 Thessalonians 1 I think it's verse 17 where Paul says we did not come to you with just words but with Holy Spirit with power and with deep conviction We don't go onto the street with just words. We go with the Holy Spirit, his power, and deep conviction. So it's all actually quite simple. And now you're like, really? (laughs) Listen, what what God does and what the Holy Spirit does is amazing. And we can't really fully understand everything he does. But receiving the Holy Spirit and getting to know him is actually quite simple. And we complicate it, and that's why we think we haven't received Holy Spirit. If you go back to my story, when I was received the Holy Spirit, it just happened. I asked God and he gave. And I think no matter what your experience is, the truth is you asked God and he gave. It's the Holy Spirit who is amazing. He works through anyone who will get to know him, love him, and be obedient to him. Just wondering how much time we've got. Are you okay? Okay. During the worst and the lowest times of my life, I said I used to go to the gym. 
um, and I don't look like now. Three years ago, my youngest brother died, and I lost control, and I put on nearly eight stone. I've lost four, I've got four to go, which is why worship wears me out, <laughs> but that's good. But even during those times, I was a church leader, and it was COVID, it was Zoom meetings and that sort of thing, and I spoke about three times, um, different weeks, and our senior leader said to me, he said, over the last three times you've spoke, your ministry seems to have grown and got more efficient and even better and more powerful than it's ever been. And I'm still there thinking, I'm having the worst time of my life. I'm at my lowest point. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't lose my faith in God. I still wanted God, I still prayed, I still talked to God, I still let God work through me. But I was at the lowest point of my life. It's not about being good. It's not about having it all together. It's not even about being able to understand it all. When you love God and you spend time with him, he manifests his presence through you and changes lives. So I don't stand here today with confidence my own ability. Before I got filled with Holy Spirit, I was shy, self-conscious. Like I said, I would never be up on a stage. But my confidence is in him because I know what he can do. My faith over the years has been built and built and built and built in just seeing what God does and knowing him. I love spending time in his presence. My confidence is in God and in his word. And so his word, Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Jesus said, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Not maybe, will. Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus said, if you ask God for Holy Spirit, he will give you Holy Spirit. Not maybe, will. You know, if you were a believer who follows the teachings of Jesus, you live according to God's ways, then you already have Holy Spirit living in you. And you just need to allow him to overflow in your life. And you know what? He wants to. And he will. How do we receive Holy Spirit? We can ask God for the Holy Spirit and we will receive. Bible says. It's not Brian's words. Laying on of hands. Four verses. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Old Testament. Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 34.9. Joshua was filled with the Holy Spirit as Moses had laid his hands on him. Deuteronomy. Acts 8.17. The disciples were laying their hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 9.17. Ananias lays hands on Saul who becomes Paul and Saul receives Holy Spirit. And Acts 19.6. Paul lays hands on believers in Ephesus and they have the Holy Spirit. You can ask God, you can ask someone to lay hands on you, someone who is full of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on you. You know, it's not actually for the person praying for you, but I think it's normally better to ask someone who's full of the Holy Spirit. And you will receive. And if you're at a point where you know the Holy Spirit, you've been full of the Holy Spirit, you've operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how surrendered are you? Do you want more? More of what he can do? I do. You know, over 35 years, I've seen all this incredible stuff, and yeah, I want more. Because he is almighty God and he can still do more than I can ask, think or imagine. And he will always be able to do more than I can ask, think or imagine. There's always more. So there's nothing to stop you receiving. Just ask. Rana, how do you want to take this? Okay. Um, worship team, would you please come back? Is that okay? Yeah.
okay, we'll have a time of seeking God. Before we actually go into uh, singing, let's just take a minute or two to be silent and just say, God, what are you saying to me today? Because to be perfectly honest, if you only go away with Brian's words, it's not really going to be as efficient as it could be. But if the Holy Spirit has spoken something to you today, ask him to remind you of that and to speak it again. And just say, Holy Spirit, I want you. I want you. I want to be surrendered to you. I want everything you have to give me. I want to see what you can do. I want to live for you. I want to spend the time in the secret place with you. You can purpose all of that in your heart right now. You see, if anything I've said has made you feel guilty about what you're not doing, can I just say you, you shouldn't feel guilty? I don't want to make anyone to feel guilty. Neither does God. When God speaks to us or shares something with us, it's because he loves us and he wants us to learn from him and to improve. He doesn't want us to feel guilty. And all we need to do right now in this moment is say, okay, God, forget everything that's gone on. I'm going for you now. So let's pray. And if anyone wants to come forward for prayer, uh, myself and the leaders, uh, and whoever normally prays for people, we can do that. Or you can just sit there or stand there or run around. <laughs> it was a bit hot. But just focus on God. God, I want you. So Holy Spirit, just as we stand and sit here in a moment of silence, speak with us.